0: Good evening. You are listening to Three Moves Ahead, and I'm your host Rob Zachney. Joining me today, we welcome back PC Gaming Squad Commander <laughs> Rowan Kaiser. Not chosen.
1: The PC chosen.
0: Not, well, I I don't know. I I guess I guess you were chosen. <laughs> I guess you are, technically are Games Beats chosen. Uh, so so for, I just need to find out now that like where they keep your casket, and I can finally <laughs> end you uh, as, as I've been working toward these many episodes. Uh, we also welcome back uh, our friend uh, from the Game Design Roundtable, David Heron. Hi, guys. So this week, uh, we have to go back. Uh, we have, uh, we, we've been putting off our show on XCOM 2 War of the Chosen for ages. Uh, in part because it took forever to get around to getting a copy of it, uh, but I finally, finally, <laughs> finally tackled that and finally made time for it, mm-hmm. or, or at least I thought I made time for it. But uh, this is this is a hell of a big game, uh, is is it's how it's coming across. Uh, and then I think we're also going to be touching on the Long War. Uh, a, a little bit for, for XCOM 2. So uh, basically we're going to be getting caught up on all the things that have ha- that have sort of changed in the world of XCOM 2 uh, since we talked about it last time. Which, yeah, what, <laughs> this, one... this,
2: this, this <laughs> is such a familiar conversation. I think we band of brothers have gotten together four or five times now to discuss the, the recent games.
0: Yeah, and uh, a lot of people did not love... Uh, our original XCOM 2 show, in part because we were pretty sour on the game. Uh, or, or, like, I think all of us were. Uh, I know I, that...
1: I, I'm generally pro-XCOM 2. I thought we were... the The show came across mm-hmm. as a little extra sour for what I think about it. I think it has serious issues, but I still play it a ton. And... In some ways, it transcends those issues, and I'm not sure if that show kind of came across that way. But we are definitely all below the general consensus, which is that it's the greatest
0: strategy game in years or whatever. Um, I think it's it's just a really good strategy game. It, it didn't, I don't think it captured the imagination the way the original XCOM did, and part of that is just uh, XCOM, uh, Enemy Unknown, was kind of a breath of fresh air, uh, it mm-hmm. was a really cool design, it was also sort of bringing back something that a lot of people were nostalgic for. Uh, XCOM 2, I think, satisfied a lot of like your serious XCOM fans, but it also definitely seemed to me, like, overall people were just not as into the XCOM thing uh, anymore with, with XCOM 2, and i I'm not entirely sure that's a coincidence given some of the issues uh that we had with the show. I think I was the biggest hater uh when, <laughs> when XCOM two originally came mm-hmm. out, and, and part of that was I like I think my pride really got the better of me and I should not have been playing it on uh like I was making a series of Iron Man runs on what I thought was a reasonable difficulty and kept finding myself in these like strategic cul de sacs. So that was part of it. Uh but uh,
1: I think that's, that's an ish, the chief issue with the game is it's a difficulty.
0: It does not balance yeah, the mm-hmm. difficulty well. So I don't think you were wrong to have that feeling. And I'm not entirely sure that War of the Chosen mitigates that issue so much as like I approached it with different expectations and uh, was definitely not shy about uh, keeping a, a sort of... Uh, a of myriad save options. Uh let us say <laughs> as I was going through the game uh for for how things unfolded, but uh where I want to lead lead off here is that where I came came away from XCOM 2 was that I just did not feel uh like it was a very good sequel to XCOM. Uh I thought the dynamic maps were great. That was a, that was a great feature. That was a fun thing, but in terms of like what it did to marry the tactical layer uh which is already great to a more involved strategic layer, I don't think really succeeded. Uh, I felt like a lot of uh, the things that the strategic layer were was attempting to do were actually at odds with how it was presenting itself and the direction the game was pulling you. And again, I don't think XCOM 2 War of the Chosen really solves those problems so much as it, adds a whole bunch of stuff to that campaign that make me care a lot less about those issues. Uh, and so yep. at War of the Chosen, I find myself in this odd position of, I still see a lot of the same flaws, uh, that a lot of the same things from XCOM 2 that bothered me you know, a year or so ago still bother me, but I also love it now. So hmm. here I am. <laughs> it throws that's, up a ton of flack. Think... Uh,
2: go ahead. No, I so uh, so I, I get what you're saying. I, I I want to 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 specifically talk about like let's talk about what it adds that works because I think we can get into to sort of what it hasn't been working for us. Um, but I you know let's let's start off on a good foot. Um, part of my problem with the XCOM two um, was in many ways it felt like a step back. I thought um, Enemy uh, Within was um, such a great. Um, Step forward to the replayability. I think some of the the options, uh, in, for me specifically, was the um, the skill roulette, like that thing, and the, the being able to make your your uh, soldiers more varied was something that I thought was really important. And when we when we moved from Enemy Within to XCOM Two, we lost all that. And we started again, and um, it felt like stuff was being taken away. And what what I was left was it was with this old game. This old tactical game that I knew how to play. There were a few wrinkles, but all the broken shit still worked, um, and so I was not really changing the way I play. Um, one of the things that I think War of uh, uh, or this new expansion, the the Chosen, um, adds is it brings in one some some new classes in the in the forms of of three new uh, soldier types and they have some new abilities and that sort of changes things up and it also brings in this system uh of of ap i can't even i don't even know what the acronym actually it's is ability points. ability points so there you go so this is this is an ability where by performing certain tactical actions that the game wants to reward you for Ambushing, flanking, these sorts of things, um, you gain you gain a resource, and you can use that resource to um, basically pick skills for your soldiers. Go back, double up on some of the ones when you're making those A B choices. Um, but then you also can can choose from this expanded uh, randomized list, um, and that isn't exactly the same thing as the as the ability roulette, but it's sort of a variation. And so I was really excited um, with that. I think it kind of obfuscated it behind not a great system and uh but I really enjoyed that. How did you guys feel? Did you guys understand that system?
1: Yeah, I think that that was helpful you get a lot more variety of soldiers and I do think that one of the big problems with XCOM 2 initially is I just don't really like the four classes they had. Um so now you can do a little bit more with those and mm-hmm. I think that's that's overall a pretty decent improvement.
0: Yeah, I think um as far as the way the classes work, I, I do feel like something that finally seems to have been solved a little bit is that uh, I no longer feel like there's correct builds uh, for the classes. Like there, like there's now tactical situations where it actually is feels useful and occasionally smart to have like a sniper who's a, well a sharpshooter who's actually really good at pistols. Uh, that has actually come in handy in a lot of places. The ability point system, I don't think... I think the problem is that it is foregrounded early as mm-hmm. here is a new thing. And it's like it's very clear. Like You see that your soldiers are accumulating ability points. Uh, you do certain things. And the game is like, hey, great job. Way to flank that enemy and murder him. And I'm like, thanks game. Awesome. I will take this ability point and do and... <laughs> something with it in
1: 5 hours. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, that is
0: such a curious decision. It is like <clears throat> so many so many like core functions of how this game works. Okay. So, no, even here <laughs> we start encountering sort of the ramshackle nature mm-hmm. of XCOM 2, which again, I'm more at peace with now because like I'm just sort of ex- like you know, you bought the house, it's your fixer-upper, it's, like, jacked up in a whole bunch of ways, but you're starting to learn uh, what's weird about it, and you're, you're just kind of cool with it, and the rent's low. Uh, a lot of things in XCOM are buried behind, well, you got to build these facilities uh, before these systems really come online. And I think part of that is the game is trying to avoid bombarding you uh, with too much at the start, and it already bombards you. Uh, with, with too much at the start. The, the campaign uh, is introducing a lot of concepts really fast, plus just that campaign structure is kind of a... Um, I, was, I was talking to Austin Walker about this on Waypoint Radio the other day. I said, like, the campaign is sort of structured as, like, the inbox <laughs> from hell. <laughs> uh, that like you're just sort of sitting there and like messages just keep popping up that like you have to deal with one after the other and uh, it doesn't let you focus on, on what you want to be doing uh, and You've so got to play Log War Rob Log War 2 is
1: Log War 2 is about taking
0: that idea and making it the game Mm-hmm uh, letting me concentrate or, or bombarding me with messages Bob, until I want to... Bombarding you with things that you, you have to try, to try no. out. It's, it's pretty great. Is it? That doesn't sound great. That sounds like the opposite of great, but we'll, we'll get to that. We'll talk about uh, that later because it gives you the ability to deal yeah. with it. So. so anyway, so XCOM's like, all right, so there's all these systems in this game. Soldier bonds. Your soldiers become buddies and give each other special powers if they're on the same team. It's all very Valkyria Chronicles. Uh, but all of this is behind these buildings, uh, the, these rooms that take a while for you to get around a building aboard your ship. Uh, especially because you also need to be creating, uh, you know, there's certain uh, infrastructure you have to build to support all of it, like power cores, and you need comm centers so you can talk to resistance cells and find out where the uh, black sites are for the advent. Uh, And so a lot of these things, like the ability points, yeah, they're cool eventually, and they make sense eventually. But for a shockingly long time, XCOM is cool with just letting you like accumulate them with the assurance that like we'll get around to doing something with these eventually. And it kind of works. And
1: I think that's sort of the story of War of the Chosen, is that it throws a bunch of things at you, and they all kind of work. And that's a really good thing. Um, like, when you look back at XCOM 2 it is the best tactical combat system we have at least in terms of uh using gunplay like i think that that's pretty that's a pretty straightforward thing to say like because mm-hmm. it's a really great system from Xcom 1 it still works great here um with a strategic layer that didn't necessarily really work towards having you focus on the tactics as the best part of it um it tried to do a fair amount of things some of those things were good some of those things were bad it was all pretty messy and what we had in the time since are two expansions basically that have taken totally different responses to that long war 2 basically is an attempt to say hey this is a thing that we can pare down and pull out the good aspects of the strategic layer here the fantasy of being a resistance leader, let's build specifically on that. Um, And we'll talk about that more later. But War of the Chosen's option for dealing with this is let's throw the kitchen sink at it and you will find something in this huge grab bag that will let you deal with all the crap that we've had. So War of the Chosen adds a ton of things. That's Soldier Bonds. Soldier Bonds are like the thing that made Fire Emblem Awakening go from a niche little game to blowing people's minds as possibly the best 3ds game um it adds character trauma it's got a little darkest dungeon in it now we love darkest dungeon we'll (laughs) even do a show on it one day Um, i think we've done two shows on it (laughs) (laughs) it adds um a bunch of stuff from some of the best tactics games around and says, okay, these are now XCOMized. Um, you've also got these Chosen who are taking the overall map, uh, the overall strategic map, and they're like making it active. or Not necessarily active, but it feels active. They're there talking to you. They're threatening to go in and ambush you on, perf- on a Milk Run mission. Um, you're like, oh, I can go do this take out this uh, antenna in seven turns. Oh shit, now there's the warlock here and I have to decide, am I fighting this guy? Am I going for it? Do I have to balance that? And there's also now a narrative attached to it. Then that narrative also comes up with the soldier bonds. So it's doing all these things that are trying to make you care about XCOM 2 beyond the flaws that still exist. And it's trying to say, we're transcending those flaws. And I think it generally works. I still haven't like figured out what difficulty I should properly be playing on and had that, but I enjoy my time with it. Oh, and the the uh, Resistance factions yeah. um, are probably the best part of both the gameplay editions and the narrative editions. The Resistance factions uh, are these three wildly di- different groups that uh, have been fighting against Advent in their own way for a while, and you're trying to bring them all together and work with XCOM. And this helps the narrative a lot because it implies that there is like a history of earth over the last 20 years that you haven't been around for that these people have been fighting and they all have their personalities that they have their uh, uh strategic map things that they interact with you and they interact with each other about and it's it's pretty cool and then the units that they have are also really fun to play with. Uh, the Skirmishers, the Reapers, and the Templars all play very differently, and they all add good, interesting tactical effects. And uh, the, the overall effect of this is, yeah, War of the Chosen makes me care about it. I don't know that it fixes it, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know that Long War 2 actually fixed it either. I just know that I really want to play this tactical system.
2: Mm-hmm. So I, I think... like A lot of what you're saying, I think, I think, maybe reinforces. If I recall, the my the difference between um, your uh, you know your response to XCOM 2 and my response to XCOM 2 when we first had our conversation, I I believe. I don't want to put words in your mouth, wrong, but I believe it was something to the. You said something to the effect of like you had played a bunch of games and you had failed, and it was like on your third or your fourth game, and that was something that you sort of had had talked about is is playing on on like playing through multiple times and failing and then learning these systems. And I think Rob, um, I think your initial frustration was like. The obfuscation of some of these things, not understanding, and 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 that was sort of my my frustration was is I I felt that a lot of this kitchen sink design philosophy of XCOM two, um, I think on first blush when you're bringing to it a lot of it pulls uh pulls on ends and, and is opposed to each other, and um you do have to stumble your way through like you do have to realize okay well once I built the training center now do I understand the importance of these action or these APs so I'm going to restart or I'm going to play again or I now I understand this is the build order or I need supplies or I need to build uh, radio towers and War of the Chosen to me it just layers on a lot more of these same things that are potential conflicts so for me a, a really like big example that sort of pulled me in opposite directions was one of the best things about XCOM of the new, of the modern day XCOM and, and actually of the old XCOM was, I think when I tell stories about it, um, I've gone in, I've customized my characters. Um, I've named them after, after my friends, um, and, and, and coworkers. And when I, I, they gain identities. Um, that's where the, the skill roulette and I think these action points sort of play into that. Well, now, my heroes, you know, my Rob Zakne in mine is like this badass shotgunner that just like runs up and gets in everyone's faces, and it's and it's and it's and it's, and it's awesome and, and that's and that's important. And then they add in like these factions, the Templar and the whatever. And look, I will take Michael Dorn and Marina Surtis and any other Star Trek next generation voiceover actors in my games, like just put them in everything, but To me, that decision now pulls it away. I get these new toys that are very powerful. I want to bring in that Super Sniper all the time. But now that Super Sniper is basically the same as your Super Sniper. Same voice actor, same name, same whatever. And all of a sudden, the stories start changing. Um, And to me, those things were at odds. Um, And that's one example. And there are others, and we don't need to get into them. But I found it a very conflicted experience, uh, the first playthrough, at least.
1: That's... I think that's a that's an issue with XCOM 2. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't necessarily understand how and why people use the character designer the way they do. It's definitely better to use in this one than the first one. And I should mention here that at least half my time in XCOM two has been putting together a hundred and fifty odd character <laughs> X X Men list. Mm-hmm. So when I'm using that that uh, those. Uh, ability points i'm using them to make you know cyclops more of a cyclops like sniper um well not not with the this one because the the x-men were for long war too but you know the, you get the idea i'm, I'm building,
2: building i'm getting up. an idea of just what you're building after, up your role-playing idea
1: like... uh saying that like these aren't these aren't necessarily characters that i'm building to be the best they're characters mm-hmm. that i am building because i want them to look and play a certain way that fits my ideal and it doesn't have to be the x-men but uh you know they they are a group that is famous for fighting i don't know that rob zachney is but maybe he is um but if you look at the options available in the character designer they are not built for doing whatever you want with it they're built for xcom kind of just having its own idea of who the people on your team are supposed to be and i think the people that it wants to be the people on your team are this sort of random semi military semi fallout raider group that uh you develop over time you don't build in the character pool. They understand that people are doing the character pools, but I don't think they understand that people are playing the game in a way that kind of combines all these different uh, motives for how they want the characters to be built. So, yeah, I, I agree. And the 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 limitations that they have on the, the hero factions uh, make some of the character pool stuff difficult. So I disagree
0: there a little bit. I don't think the I don't think they're blind to it. I don't think they I don't think it's that they don't understand it. I just feel like they are willing to make the trade off to undercut some of that, uh, you know, fiction creation that you're you're doing on your end uh, with some of their own storytelling that tries to give. Uh, to, that tries to solve this problems and, like you said, Rowan, like make you care more about this this resistance and, and this war. I, I think there are some things that they have one hundred percent thrown into this uh, to facilitate people like forming these connections to their XCOM troopers. Like mm-hmm. the propaganda posters are one hundred and fifty percent, like all about flattering and showcasing. And sh- and sharing the story of your XCOM crew, like posters starring your super friends, are on the walls of these levels in this game. Like, yeah, that is a uh, that is absolutely something that is that is there as sort of a. Uh, I don't want to say a stop, but it's it's a gesture toward people who do uh, put that sort of time into the character creator and and tell the story of their XCOM. But at the same time, I think they recognize that the original XCOM two had a very serious problem of feeling like an XCOM game with no stakes or characters, no connection to the world. There were these, you know, abstract little cutscenes of like a generic refugee camp getting wrecked by some troopers, but like. Did it mean much to you? Not really. Who was even your enemy? Uh, you had two representations of the enemy. One was a guy giving a never-ending TED talk, uh, and the other <laughs> mm-hmm. was this little like red statue icon that looked like a hood, or- a hood ornament uh, located somewhere on the strategy map that occasionally caused a red square to fill, and that was supposed to be really menacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in order to sort of mitigate that problem, they introduced these Chosen to give the advent a character at all uh, to to give you this idea Mm -hmm, of you having an adversary who is taking action, not just passively waiting for you to... And this is one of my problems that I I think I talked a little bit about on the original XCOM 2 show. XCOM was sort of structured as this, um, you know long like fairly long distance like hurdles race or like a checkpoint mm-hmm. racing game right where like you had to hit these gates in order to keep the game from ending and if you fell off schedule uh, the game would get away from you pretty quickly but at no point did it feel like you had an adversary now these chosen are out there and the game is telling you in various ways that like they are taking action. They are changing the game state on the strategic level, and they are also getting, like, you know, better, faster, stronger uh, as as they fight you and and as you sort of let them wander around. And so now you have an opponent and help you deal with these powerful opponents. You also have these resistance groups that let you take special actions on the strategic layer as well, plus they give you uh, mm-hmm. These new soldier types, but in order to make any of that have any meaning at all, uh, they had to, I, I think, do what you're sort of finding, you're sort of having some issues with, uh, David, which is that they had to make these these factions and the and, and these characters specific in a way that XCOM generally is avoided to give you room for your fiction.
2: So, so this is, the, and and I think this is where I see the 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 fault because i don't think they had to i I agree like i think everything you said is like super astute in the introduction of characters i wish they had done it at the beginning because i think even in this it still sort of feels tangential or at least maybe parallel like i don't think it's it's worked in that way but um if we if we go back to um xcom one um enemy within when we had the introduction of the meld right so we had this idea of like you could turn your soldiers not only into psionicists which existed before but also into genetically modified you know mutants or like crazy robot people and both of those all three of those options basically transformed uh, those characters and gave them a different set of options now I, I think it would have been totally reasonable to say, okay, you have these three characters, and you have, you know, you have Michael Dorn, and he's there, and that's really impactful, um, and and you... Send your own friends to go train, to go learn from them. By, by, by doing those resistance jobs, you allow yourself to, 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 to gain access to those new abilities. And that, that would have used a system that, or like a similar system to what they've already done before. And I found it way more effective. And so this, this to me was, was actually just a misstep, um, and not even a forced one.
1: No, that that's a that's a good idea i would want that so that i could send the proper x-man in order to get the right powers that's, that's right it's perfect
2: yeah. <clears throat> um but 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 i i think again it, it sort of felt like all these pieces um they worked they did provide interesting um options but um i kind of had to go a little bit extra distance to find them um and 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 for me in the end um, the best part of the entire package was for me it fixed all the technical issues, and that was my big takeaway the insane loading times that was the thing that really kept me from playing a lot of Xcom 2 um and now I can take these improvements and I can loot them back in the game I actually really want to play, and that's long War two, <laughs> but I'll let you guys finish on uh on War of the chosen um uh- yeah the technical improvements
1: are pretty notable i i don't think they were within they were in war of the chosen when it very first came out but when i started playing again before this show levels are loading for me in like a second or two i Mm -hmm. something's something really went well there and good job to for access for doing it i wish it had taken 18 months but you know sometimes these things
0: do yeah i uh it's been a very, very snappy game, which is great because I'm reloading it a lot uh, to sort of make progress through this. I think something else that, and look, I, I basically stayed away from this game for 18 months. So there were some things that sort of uh, were probably layered in earlier or started happening a little bit more with, with maybe different patches. Uh, I just, I, I again, I sort of bounced off at the, uh, the first time around, but... With this playthrough, another thing I'm starting to notice is that it feels like it, it feels like there are more challenges. There's more greater variety of challenge placed on me from mission to mission. I'm having a lot more uh, battles that have sort of a specific motif. Uh, in, in a way that I'm really enjoying. Uh, the most obvious is that I feel like stealth is playing a much larger role here. Like, uh, it no longer feels like just kind of movement to contact and then you lose your, uh, you know, hidden status and all hell breaks loose. Like, the first game did not feel like, just for whatever reason, the uh, the starting off concealed and then revealing yourself and engaging in combat, it did not always feel as interesting as it initially seemed like there it it, at no point did XCOM really ever feel like much of a stealth tactics game uh and even though it was sort of gesturing in that direction uh with this time through just because of various mission types they had me running there's a little more infiltration missions uh it's definitely something now that I'm playing a little bit more like there are some missions that unfold like ghost recon missions. I'm talking about OG gold ghost recon, by the way, when, you know, the point was not to have a firefight, but to wipe out dudes really quickly, uh, in like, you know, five seconds of combat. Uh, this XCOM two seems to be doing that uh, a lot more. Oh man, you're going to love long war two
1: or, <laughs> or he won't because, uh, this is one of the, this is one of the, Tensions that the original XCOM 2 had was that it wasn't entirely clear if you should be getting into firefights, um, and I think what War of the Chosen makes a lot more clear, and I think this also helps the what I would otherwise consider the very limited original four classes uh, work is that you are not doing just a squad of soldiers who's going to get in a fight and win you are doing like a special forces group that is going to go in kick as much ass as it possibly can as fast as it can and hopefully come out unscathed and that makes it all kind of tie together if you can mentally get yourself to the place where you're like this is my goal here i'm setting up the way to take these guys out as quickly as I can and move on as quickly as I can, as opposed to I have to get the perfect setup for the perfect ambush so that I can make sure I win the firefight later.
2: Yeah, because um, I'm not even sure the ambushes are actually tactically that powerful. Right. It could it's, be wrong. it's
1: just more you have to get enough that the next stage you'll, you'll yeah. make sure that you win. Yeah. Um, And I think that War of the Chosen helps, helps you kind of realize that that's your goal. The other thing that it does, which may sound like it's kind of contradictory to that, but I found that it wasn't really, um, in my in practice, is that uh, there's a lot more uh, strategic mechanics that are taking your making you not play the same characters all. All the sure. time, sure. The you're, fatigue, you're being, yeah. Yes, you've got fatigue, and you've also got the uh, the resistance missions where mm-hmm. you send two or three characters out for a week, and they'll get you cool stuff, and they'll get a permanent improvement, depending on what the mission is. But you might get like a, a piece of health permanently. So you want to send one of your better characters out on this mission. You just can't use them for all of that. So you're using a different variety of characters, which creates a more tactical considerations which is a, a more interesting game overall i think um and i think this also gets the uh, gets gets you to try to consider okay what do all these different combinations of characters do to win these battles as quickly and as well as possible and i think they Mm -hmm. that's that's a kind of subtle thing but i think it's definitely better here
2: and the special units definitely have some like some cool new tools like i liked the remote explosions um i liked i liked um like there were some new stealth options right like once revealed you can like go back and be concealed again um there's some you know great like scorpion like you know get over here mechanics where you can you know fly across the 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 battlefield and pull people towards you, and, and there's some just or, or like shoot and then move like crazy, right? But, um, yeah,
1: the, the Templars the, could do a melee
2: and then move after that, which yeah, is right? Like, it's my it's, favorite it's, thing, yeah. It, it, it was pretty exciting. Um, the, 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 I think the last thing that we haven't really talked about, which what did you guys think of the zombies?
0: Well, I thought, uh, somebody at Veraxis likes zombicide a lot. Yeah, Um, right? Like, I thought it was, so I I think the settings, like, where you find them are cool. Like, these deserted city, uh, like, uh, texture sets, basically, these, these, uh, and and objects. Like, these are really cool. Let's take a, a moment and say they added, like, three
1: or four new texture map designs and all of them are fantastic
2: yeah like like i like like the 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 high buildings with a lot of interiors really interesting yeah
1: and the the alien sort of half alien half earth uh alien base
0: right is there just more weather variety in this one too like it it feels like there's more like snowstorms and i don't know i think so but don't 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 quote me on it uh yeah so and then one of the places you go is you also go to like these um like fallen cities uh, that have become very, it's all very stalker, uh, you know, very, very like post apocalypse. Uh, and then there are these zombies uh, in, in there, which all look a little bit like pale male in, um, you know, Pan's labyrinth or something, uh, or, or maybe a bit like mummies. But it's interesting because they're, they make XCOM operate according to different rules and turn it into a game of sort of a push-your-luck-momentum tactical game uh, that's very different from the sort of sit back and find good positions and, like, you know, know, jump from cover to cover, uh, the the way you do in in, in the normal game. With the zombies, uh, with each zombie kill, you get a new action. And so you can get someone out in the open just chaining through tons of uh, these zombies. Uh, but you can also get in over your head with them. I think they're nifty, and I did not feel like they were overused. But I don't think, like, it was fun. It was a nice little, like, surprise course, I guess, in on the XCOM menu. Uh, but I think it would also be really easy for it to overstay its welcome. Yeah, I, I, I'm i struggling with this one in terms of re-
1: restarting constantly, but I, I feel like they have a good balance of these are an interesting tactical consideration. You maybe don't want a sniper here. You maybe want characters who can take weapons that they can fire a whole lot more before they have to reload. Uh, you want characters who can move a lot. Um, so that I, I really like the, the sort of considerations, but they're not like this isn't the lost or an essential part of the plot, and you're going to be fighting them constantly. Um, the other thing that I like with them is that when they fight Advent, they fight against Advent. And mm-hmm. you can try to do some interesting emergent things with that. Like uh, the Reapers um, and will get a skill where they can make like anything with a gas tank explode. So if you take a Reaper with you... On a mission where you have Advent against the Lost, you can start making things behind Advent explode. The Lost all show up because they're attracted to sound, and they'll attack Advent from behind. Oh shit! And that was really a good. really cool thing. Uh, so yeah, it's there's there's some interesting ideas there, and uh, it doesn't turn XCOM into a zombie game. And maybe if you want that, that's a slight disappointment. But I think it does make XCOM to a slightly more interesting game, and that's cool i dig it
2: yeah I, I didn't find those missions particularly hard they were kind of cathartic uh, it was just a bit of a surprise um it was another thing i think to me that added to the sort of ramshackleness of it though um in in general i i didn't think it was that highly polished an experience um throughout the game and or the sequences in particular throughout the whole the whole the whole game i think i think even xcom 2 uh like just the whole thing um i i, I, I and i don't think it i think i don't think this fixed it, it there was there's a lot of, of ideas that uh i think either weren't tutorialized well weren't explained well you know you needed to fail to figure it out like and a lot of inter- not really connected things that were drawn from a lot of different sources like you know, oh, we're going to take this bit from Assassin's Creed and we're going to take this bit from, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, and and I don't I, and, I, and I think that that the zombies uh, of all the things, I think, felt pretty like someone just got this idea and said, hey,
0: let's make this. Th- oh, it, this it, it feels like it practically exists in a different game. Yeah. Uh, but like this is the weird thing about where XCOM 2 has ended up and how War of the Chosen sort of solves it. In some ways, War of the Chosen just makes everything worse. Like, it's all those same. Like, the, the solution that War of the Chosen is taking should. It feels like it should be making XCOM even more cobbled together. And weird and unwieldy than it was before in ways that are unpleasant, but it's the rare case because you know when you, when you talk about like game development gone wrong, right? Like in a lot of cases, a big part of it is feature creep, right? Where people just mm-hmm. like sure. people don't know what ideas to throw out. People don't know when to sort of lock down you know the the, the feature list and the design and and then just start like working on building it and iterating on it. Uh, XCOM two is the rare game that like access sort of took stock of where XCOM 2 was and then threw the kitchen sink at it and then went and found another one and dumped that on top of it and for some reason each of those things that they added are cool enough and enough care was given to it that it ends up being an additive experience like it's still super weird. It's still doing the thing that Enemy Within did, which is they've parked entirely different like game mechanics, an entirely different plot, like inside the existing meta structure of the game, and it's sort of filled to bursting with all these different directions the game is pulling, uh, all these different characters, all these different mechanics, and if you like really stripped down, efficient, elegant uh, game design. XCOM Two is going to be like nails on a chalkboard uh, for you. Yeah, and, and
2: and I and I think it's important that like to note that that the choices and and because it was built on XCOM Two, which I think pulled, I can't tell you exactly. I suspect it was a smaller game, a smaller team, a cheaper game than XCOM One. They went with a lot of procedural generated stuff. And and when you build on that in the same way with the same design philosophies, the color of that game, like the, the sort of the the timber, is different. You will never get anything like uh, the Newfoundland the Newfoundland mission that you get in Enemy um, Within, right? That was mm. the that was the just the, the I disagree. The, well, I'm
1: really, also no, I'm also not entirely certain that's a bad thing in any way whatsoever. Oh,
2: I think that mission was absolutely that mission fucked. That mission, that
1: mission a- rocked the first time on a normal difficulty level. Yeah, that yeah. mission okay.
2: every subsequent
1: every subsequent time at on higher difficulty levels was a goddamn save scumming nightmare.
2: No, no, no. So, so that's what I'm talking about. Like the color, the 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 the, the, the you know the, the 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 texture of the game. Where that decision, that game, it was polished. Unique assets, uh, triggered events. It created an experience. It created an ability, like a story. Of when we did that, when we did the enemy within, we talked about that specific mission. And when we had problems, and oh, did we get our guys back? And oh, I can't believe that they, they blew up, right? Um, and and a lot of the a lot of the DLC for XCOM One was 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 comparable to that. XCOM Two. I do not know if it cannot sustain that, but maybe there the design choices don't sustain that. There aren't uh these these uh um, handcrafted um unique one off experiences that we're that we're talking about. We haven't talked there were. about that. There were though the the, the
1: initial um add ons, the, the snake, the alien rulers thing and then the robots thing, those added Newfoundland like missions where you went and investigated Shin's old robots and you went and investigated valen's old alien experiments and right okay. i got sick of those missions in a hurry too maybe they weren't designed as well mm-hmm. as the newfoundland one but uh i a lot of the embedded missions in XCOM one were just awful uh specifically the one with the crashed uh crashed convoy in france where the FedMan snipers just dropped on you sure. and murdered you over and over and over. Yeah, 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 definitely. That one, that one was the worst experience I've had in any of the modern XCOM games. Sure, sure, uh, definitely. Um, so.
2: And and that can come down to to some balancing ba- balancing issues and and some level design. Um, but that's not what War of the Chosen is, right? War of the no, Chosen a, is. But, but I, what it I'm getting adds, at is that XCOM 2 did try to do that, and those were not well received at all. Right. Yeah, and, and, and that's fine. Like I'm not saying it's a good or a bad choice. But I'm saying is is that is that what War of the Chosen is, is it's a bunch more random tables. And 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 that's what it and, and, and mechanics, right? Like it is it is it is additional seeds for uh, the game to have uh, more variety. Um, and and to me when I, when I look at that, it becomes a more fractured experience, and, and I think inherently those types... Well, and not, it's not inherent to those types of games, but often those types of games, and I think this is an example, um, you see the frayed edges. Um, what,
1: what other examples would you, would you say are there?
2: Of, of, of in this particular
1: game? Uh, no i mean of of games that try to add the random things and oh i like i i, I would
2: say i would say like basically like all of the big bethesda open world rpg games like if we go outside strategy um less less about um uh big uh like like when you compare a bethesda game versus a game that like a naughty dog or an uncharted games where you have set pieces versus procedurally generated dungeons um, big, big, basically anything with big open worlds, you you see these issues.
0: Okay, so a uh, couple things. One, I actually always sort of read the decision to move to procedural like level generation at least in XCOM Two is probably being more intensive uh, in terms of uh, like the effort you're going through to create levels because like. The thing about XCOM 1 is it served you up a decent menu of bespoke levels, but, like, you saw a lot of them over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Uh, XCOM 2, these are surprisingly good, interesting, like, tactical spaces uh, that, like, adhere to rules that force a lot of, like difficult choices on you consistently, right? The cover is always one space too far for someone to uh, make in, in in one action. And so it's, you know, what do you want to do there? Um, and so I always sort of read it as like tuning the procedural generation system that they have and uh, combining it with sort of the additional art, like textures and art assets they've included in this game. I always interpreted that as probably ha- having been more work than just having level designers create you know, a couple dozen maps uh, for, for XCOM 1. Uh, I could be wrong, but I, like that just seemed like more of a challenge to get right than just doing them yourself. Um, the,
1: this this may sound like a little bit of a non-sequitur, but yeah. I, I promise you it's coming back. Uh, <laughs> So when you talked a little bit ago, Rob, about uh, how XCOM 2 kind of throw, or War of the Chosen specifically, kind of adds more kitchen sinks to the existing kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, and that's usually a problem. Uh, first of all, it's ironic that we're talking about the official expansion doing this, where the mod is the one that tears things down. <laughs> uh, but the point I want to get at is that yes. it also comes with a bunch of Band-Aids that say, if you don't like this part of our game we will let you kind of skip that and those are in the resistance ring you can get things that like let you immediately scan your supplies for the month so you don't have to spend three days on that if that's the thing that annoys you if another thing annoys you you can you know just drop whatever card the resistance ring happens to offer you and maybe you can get that working better and that's that's pretty cool like it's a it's a they kind of understand they have created this big messy thing and they're giving you in-world mods to make that big messy thing a little bit less messy in the place that you want it to be. Um, And this is where I'm coming back to what we were just talking about is that these, these different cards also reminded me of how civilization six does their, uh, their government types, which are no longer, you know, here's your monarchy, here's your whatever Uh, they are here's a bunch of different cards that give you slightly different buffs according to what you happen to want or need when you do it. And I think there's a lot of kind of Firaxis design methodology from the past five, seven years that is coming through in XCOM 2 that is a little weird for strategy games, Um, especially if you're looking at like a Paradox or whatever, uh, who Paradox's move has been toward the sort of transparency and giving you all the numbers you kind of want to need to do make the right decisions um and that's the sort of thing like civilization 4 did that really revamped the series i think then uh but then since then Foraxis has kind of moved in the direction of we're going to create this really neat aesthetic ex- aesthetic experience for you that is still a strategy game but the goal is not necessarily to make you say this is the greatest combination of game mechanics it's to say this is a really great strategy-ish experience and this is what i feel like civilization 5 did it's what i feel like civilization 6 did um 5 i think got some expansions that ended up turning it slightly into slightly more of a uh a conventional strategy game by the end with uh, the right amount of transparency and whatever Mm -hmm. but I think this is sort of what Frax is going for and it's working for them they're creating the strategy games that have a wide appeal because they're pushing aesthetics first and War of the Chosen is pushing, pushing the aesthetic idea of you as the resistance leader with a bunch of really cool aliens and resistance people on your side and fighting against you and they're kind of building around okay how does let's make that work and i think it does work better i don't think it works completely in a mechanic driven way that we're used to talking about here on this show
0: uh just one last thing before we move on to um long war i will say i'm surprised by how many memorable encounters are being generated via these procedural systems uh i was not expecting like The addition of the chosen, uh, all three of them follow, like, fitting these different archetypes, right? There's the, uh, you know, (laughs) the the wrestling with smoke uh, assassin basically, like, uh, just appears, wrecks your dudes, vanishes. Uh, There's, uh, you know, a a sort of super sniper. Uh, There's uh, sort of a a wizard uh, that's out there. Um, In addition to. Every time they show up, it dramatically changes like what's going to be going on uh, in this mission and like sort of raises the stakes and raises the intensity. But that's combined in a lot of cases with just a lot of interesting mission structures that put me in situations that give me something memorable and dramatic to fight against. Like, um, you know, there's a mission where the Avenger gets shot down. And you get to deploy a ton of guys out there, uh, but then there's hordes of aliens, and it's this like really like sprawling uh, battle uh, to to hold your landing zone. Uh, there's great exfiltration missions where you're trying to get the you're you trying to get the hell out of a secured advent facility uh, with you know a a recovered prisoner that you're carrying around, and there's a chosen uh, you know assassin hunting you. Uh, through all that, there's a lot of missions that, like I think, are going to stay with me. In a way, it, you know, it's it's not as like authored or perfectly paced as, say, uh, you know, the shark mission in in Enemy Within. But nevertheless, um, w- with where XCOM 2 has ended up following War of the Chosen, there are an awful lot of systems that work together to give me. Missions that feel unique and memorable. I don't know if that's like, I don't know if that mitigates what what you were the issue you were having with Heron, but no, no, no. I think I think maybe you misunderstand
2: that that it's not an issue. It's just so much a so much as it is. Um, I I think a definition of of what the of what the game in the nature of the game is. Um, less, less of a, of a, of a judgment as to whether or not that is something mm. that, that is desirable. Um, I, I, I think, I think that one of the things that happens when they go down that path is the, the, when, when you are, when you're creating a sort of procedure generated system or you're creating uh, something that is inherently um, systematic as opposed to to authored um, I think you are subject to um, the the whims and the desires of the individual more so um, and and for me uh, war uh, long war is is also it is very much a system designed different thing but they've gone in a completely different um, path. And it's a path that I like a lot more. I certainly don't think that it's the path that, su- that leads to the most successful product, but it's the path that I want to play.
1: It's the path that I want to play conceptually, but I think it does run into the a lot of the same issues that XCOM 2 does. Are we, are we going full long more? Are we ready for that? We're ready. All right. So... Uh, just in case you don't know, The Long War was initially a mod released for XCOM 1, or XCOM Enemy Unknown, um, that uh, basically made the game bigger and longer. It did a lot more things than that, but like you started with six uh, six squaddies, and you went up to eight mm-hmm. instead of starting with four and going up to six. Uh, you spent you know three times more time in each phase of the game you had a lot more missions that you could perhaps just say nah i'm out this isn't going to work um whereas if you do that in both of the for Axis XComs, uh that could basically just screw your whole game over especially if you do it like twice in a row um so it's built on the idea long is kind of what the people focus on because it definitely is longer but i think it's much more of a war game it wants to build this tactical idea of keeping a small army of squaddies around and deploying multiple groups at once. Uh, Go on.
2: I I, I think, I think the the short form for me is really, it's just a bunch of people that really love the nineties XCOM. And, and they, they said, we love what the, the, the tactical and the, the updated versions of this, um but i think a lot of their decisions are informed by by that old by the older game i think that that's reinforced by like that's they've those modders made a company and that's what they're building like their yeah, their current project right now is old xcom
1: right and, uh, and the first log war was so successful that for access gave them money to make mods for xcom 2 and they were like doing official announcements on the Fraxis website for Long War Two coming out about, I think, eight or nine months after I think it came out in January.
2: Yeah, um, and, and they announced so, yesterday that they are not going to update Long War Two to include any of the new content. Well, that, that was just sort of, ruined that my was life. up in the air, but that's unfortunate. That sucks. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's well, that's a fun toy box. Mm-hmm. That's. That's.
1: I mean, maybe maybe there's things in War of the Chosen because it does so much with the story that makes it impossible to do it, or maybe they just don't really like working with Praxis anymore. Who knows? Uh, but
2: someone else can pick up the pick up the torch. It's a very yeah, open system. Fingers
1: crossed. Uh, so that that's a disappointment. But uh, yeah, I think one of the things that I have consistently talked about with the new XComs is that I think they're halfway divided between RPG and strategy game, and long war. And Logmore 2 are both... No, these are strategy games. These are like the uh, original X-Cons from the 90s. Um, These are games where you're managing a whole bunch of different people. You're not going to have the same crew. It's going to be impossible for you to bring the same crew around all the time. You are dealing with 30 or 40 characters instead of 5 or 10. Uh, And I I don't necessarily think that that... makes the best game for certain, but I do like that they are attempting to answer that question that XCOM hasn't really wanted to
2: answer. Uh, so the the high-level things that I really love about Long War II, uh, larger squad sizes. This is something that I just I think is a lot of fun to play with, um, and with that, um, a lot more classes and variety in those classes. They add in some new weapon types, new restrictions, and new abilities. Um, I think that's super interesting. Uh, two, they again, like Rowan suggested, they put the pressure on having not just like one elite squad and maybe a few extra people, it's maintaining a, a really big roster. And the way that they do that is um, much like the original games, you can send out multiple squads and multiple missions. And in fact, you're going to have to. Instead of saying, um, hey, here are three terror missions. Um, pick one of these three and the other two suffer, um, it challenges you, can you spread your forces thin to cover them all? So I think that's really interesting. And, and um, which ones can you say, no, this is this is going it, to take too much of my time? Exactly. Um, then they add in uh, on that, uh, the, I think they add something that brings in um, one of the things that I think XCOM didn't do is really um, tie in the, uh, I am spending my Time is a resource on the strategy layer. My This is where my ship is, I'm now doing supplies or whatever, bringing that into the tactical game. And in Long War Two, what they do is, is they add in this idea of infiltration. And so every mission that appears on the board has uh, an awareness or like some, some level that you have to beat. And depending on the amount of soldiers you send in, is it two, is it four, is it six, is it eight? the amount of time that you have to that you have to infiltrate or that it takes to infiltrate um that mission uh decreases the smaller the squad the faster they can infiltrate and so when and how much time and how quickly you identify these problems actually uh reflects into this the tactical side how many units you bring in if you fail to infiltrate it'll actually increase the number of units it'll make those units that are there more powerful it'll bring in reinforcements and so it really what i i think is fantastic is it is it is it uh draws a through line between the time as a resource and the tactical game so yeah, I, I think I, I think those are the those are like the big high level things that i really love
1: yeah that the infiltration idea i think is um you know one of my favorite types of story is resistance stories uh like um yeah what's that movie um army of shadows uh mm-hmm. that's the it's a A French New Wave film about the French resistance that's focused primarily on just the resistance keeping its own ass together far, far more than it is like winning huge grand victories. But the idea of having to make these hard decisions, having to make these really specific plans that nothing else can get in the way and if you ever get distracted those things might end up killing you. Those are the sorts of strategic decisions that Longmore too, specifically with the multiple squads and the infiltration decisions, pushes you to make it's not at the level of you know you're killing your own informants because you think that they might be double agents that a movie like army of shadows has but you it's much more about being a resistance commander instead of a dude who happens to have a carrier and doesn't like the current government that works really well unfortunately uh the way that you actually achieve success in long war Two has consistently eluded me every time i played it which is you're trying to actually free these areas from the aliens and they have some really, really tacked on systems that are not especially, uh, um, transparent to the player. And, uh, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense exactly how you achieve this sort of strategic success, even if you're achieving plot success at the same time. Um, you like set up what you want your resistance people in each region to be doing. And it's unclear like what they're actually doing when you make, make these decisions. And the big thing that really, really bugs me about it. And the reason that I have not like fully gone as all in on it as I did with long war one in uh, the first XCOM is you're supposed to like, there, there are specific missions that pop up where you like collect a piece of intel that will give you another mission at some point soon where you can like then free the region and these things are super unclear and they don't really the game doesn't feel like it puts the proper stress on them that i find myself making right decisions so i end up playing long war 2 as a really good first third of the campaign where i'm getting much more time in interesting tactical battles with much better classes, as you said. Uh, and that's the thing that I love about XCOM 2 is doing the tactical battles, but I find myself in the stopping Long War 2 at roughly the same place that I stop most of my War of the Chosen campaigns, which is, you know, about a third of the way in. I
2: realize that I've put myself into a corner and it's time to reload again. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to be clear, like, all those, like, ramshackle, like... It's even, I would say, like, it's definitely less polished, right? Like, they hack in some assets together. There are some weird animations. So, by no means does it address those issues. It just, it's, to me, um, it's a total conversion mod. So, they sort of, like, uh, the analogy that I used earlier today was, like, they looked at this board game. And they 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 laid out all the pieces and they said, well, we like this bit. We have all these the rest of these pieces. Like, let's build a new game together out of it. Um, and some of it works and some of it doesn't. Um, but uh, but I I had I've had a lot more fun. When I go back, I will not play War of the Chosen again. I'm gonna go back to Long War Two. And today's or yesterday's announcement uh, that they weren't going to be you know updating it, it was like weighed pretty heavy on me because you know yeah. I thought that the addition of those models and the new the new things were pretty interesting. But you know there are new skills, there are new things. So like there's there is more new stuff in Long War Two than in terms of the tactical game than there is in War of the Chosen. Yeah, I I'd, I'd like to talk about the classes a bit because this is something that has consistently bugged me with
1: XCOM two, um, like the XCOM two classes are all super specific it's like the your sharpshooter is a pistol or sniper person and that's the only one you get these are the only people who can use pistols well or sniper rifles well and the only person who can use the cannons are the what the grenadiers yes yeah, i think that's right Um, And then the only people who can use swords and melee Mm -hmm. are the rangers, and they can use either shotguns or SMGs, um, if you even have SMGs, which I don't think War of the Chosen does, but I'm sure there's mods for that. Um, But the thing that always bugged me was that the only people, the only one of the four classes that used your basic rifle that you're shooting people with is the specialists who are there primarily, at least... In terms of what they look like when you put them into the game as medics or uh, anti-mechanical uh, units, um, that, it's always bugged me that like these should be your generic, your generic. You should have a generic unit that is kind of a pretty good fighter that you can build around, and that doesn't exist in uh, XCOM 2 as is, but it does exist in a couple different ways in long or two i really like their class setup it seems to have a good collection of the ideas of how xcom what xcom 2 was going for now there are eight classes you have the kind of generic ones and then you have this kind of super specialized ones and you can put together these sort of internal squads that you have a really good infiltration one that's like three people with silencers and swords and they can just wipe everything out uh that that sort of thing it's, it's it's a bunch of nice ideas for actually building that uh that kind of fantasy of again the resistance commander with yeah, it's getting into some jagged alliance
0: territory. Yeah,
1: yeah, there there is a fair amount of uh this is what I need for this particular mission, so therefore these are the exact characters that I know I want to have. I'm going on a night mission. I'm taking Spider and Raven.
0: Uh so quick question about Long War. I think my problem with XCOM 2 in particular XCOM 2 but I also think uh the first game suffered from this a little bit and XCOM 2 just kind of poorly tried to solve for it. Uh XCOM 2 is generally XCOM under forexes has generally been a game that doesn't really have like a strategic geography like what you have especially in XCOM 2 is a series of timers. Uh XCOM 2 kind of feels like when you're cooking a maybe too complicated meal for guests who are going to be here in 45 minutes, uh, and you're trying to like bring up several dishes all at the same time and they all need you to like, you know, you all need to interact with you like cooking mama. You need to you need to touch the stuff and, and do the thing at, at, at different times. That's kind of That's kind of XCOM 2, but then it's a game that sort of purports to have this, like, geography uh, to it. And it never feels like you're fighting the advent in any kind of place, right? They aren't holding territory. They're just out in these maps, and you go go beat them up. And what territory you control doesn't matter. It doesn't relate to anything except whether it connects to anything else. Does War of the uh, Chosen—sorry— does Long War do anything with the strategic layer to sort of give you a sense of there being, like, a strategic landscape that you're, you're managing?
1: Yeah, it does the best it possibly can with the engine, so it's kind of hard to get a visual mm-hmm. idea of it. But um, each region has, for example, a strength rating of the admin forces there. So if you have a strength rating of one, you're going up against the grunts. If it get to a strength rating of mm-hmm. three, maybe they're dropping in those super robots. If you get to a strength rating of five, you're starting to get the, uh, archons and whatever. And if you're not ready for that, you're really, really screwed. Um, And you are specifically trying to do those missions I was talking about earlier to free these spaces. And if you free them, then you can move on and safely try to do missions in other places. I haven't really succeeded at that enough to know how well that does, so I should probably pass it over to David at this point.
2: I mean, like, look, there's a lot that I don't understand. And, like, (laughs) you want to talk about, like, opaque, like, this is, there's that. And and one of the things that Roland was, I think, I think was alluding to is this idea of, like, the there's, like, more like like cell level management where there are like people that aren't soldiers that are part of the resistance and they're in specific specific places and you can actually like send soldiers or scientists or engineers to like help them out and like lead them and then each member of each And then each member of each cell has a job. And so like one of the jobs could be like to hide. And what does that do? That like helps bring down the the level. And so there's some like tweaking you can do there. I, you know, they can create supplies and Intel. And so like, I like kind of understand, but only like as much as like, do you believe what people on Reddit or the, yeah. Or the forums say like, eh, I don't know. Um, You know, I'm sure there are listeners that know way more about it, and they can speak to it. But um, there's a lot of like little fiddly knobs that, frankly, I have a hard time understanding. And that's not really where where I'm I'm at with that game because I can sort of succeed and work away dealing with it on a macro level. Um, For me, Long War Two is a lot more about. uh the, the the I think is a better tactical game um and it's more interesting because of the variety and because you're forced to sort of spread out and because you can see what forces you're going to be up against and there's there's more macro level management of your of your war forces and I've had success uh just focusing on that certainly not optimized there's no way I'm beating it on the top difficulty levels yeah. or you know that type of thing, but so I mean, if I if I'm playing XCOM
1: for twenty hours before I restart, I think I'm having more fun with Long War Two than most everything else, except for the chosen when I'm getting into the new stuff. Right. But I'm still playing for twenty hours before I restart.
0: So I think, um, David, I want to remind you of something you said on XCOM Three Moves Ahead, XCOM Two Volume One. Oh, This is, this is uh, definitely going to be fair And toward the end of that show You basically said that you didn't think it was very well made You didn't much like the campaign uh, But you admitted you're a broken man With something very wrong with you And you just really love that tactical game And so you just kept playing it And didn't yep. have any intention of stopping Yep <laughs> Eighteen yeah, months yeah, yeah. later, I, I I'm it, not sure in Long life. War Two or XCOM: War of the Chosen anything has fundamentally changed. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, it's just that uh, I think Long War Two just just
2: it just speaks to that broken part of me <laughs> more <laughs> directly. So,
1: so first of all, one thing that we discovered at the end of the XCOM Two show initially was that David was basically playing a broken version of the game. It was he got the extra fucked for access special, and only after he had made all these complaints do we realize that oh he's taking you know ten seconds to do things that we're we're doing in one. No wonder he's basically interpreting all these things much worse than us. So fixing it will help David be a little bit less broken, and
2: that's a good thing. yeah. And yeah, and actually in War of the Chosen, like I said, it the biggest issue I had was everything took forever. So. Yeah. So now it's like fast, 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 way better.
1: I also, a couple months ago, kind of realized what what the broken part of me that made me constantly play XCOM was. And I don't know if this is something that David has, but I realized that there is a certain kind of game that I really love, which is a game where you have a certain number of people who are kind of procedurally generated isn't the right word, but they're not like embedded Mass Effect-like characters. And those people will behave in a certain way when they are, you know, interacting with the world, but at times something will knock them out, they'll die, they'll be injured, whatever, and they have to be replaced. And that idea of constantly cycling the replacements of the people that you might or might not be able to work with just really appeals to me at Mm -hmm. a gut level. And this mm-hmm. is this is something that I really love Long War and Long War Two for because they have the thirty forty characters. I'm doing that constantly. I'm not doing that with eight characters. I'm doing it all the time. This is like yeah. when I played NBA two K thirteen for three years straight. I'm playing all thirty teams at once as I'm doing this. I'm adjusting for every single injury, every single trade. And this is this is what it does. This Crusader Kings, Darkest Dungeon, um,
2: Broken Chalice.
1: Yeah, Massive Chalice. Massive uh, Chalice. Um, the, the Gary Grigsby Civil War game will do a show on eventually because I played so much of it this summer. Uh, where you're doing that with the Civil War generals, you know, Grant gets injured. Who's going up next? Um, so, like, this is something that XCOM really appeals to me with a great tactical engine. Uh, I'm getting all of that and I once I get going, it's really hard for me to stop playing even if... And this is the case with every incarnation of XCOM since Firaxis took over. I think the difficulty is kinda of fucked. It makes me restart way too early, but I keep doing it.
0: Yeah, where where I've ended up is um with XCOM 2 at launch, I felt there were enough issues both performance-wise and just the way the game fit together and the way it uh sort of didn't explain itself, uh sort of intentionally obscured itself. Uh, all of that was sufficient to get in the way of one of the best tactical games uh, going right now, and where I find the state of the game right now, uh, those obstacles have have cleared out, and once again I'm playing. There's there's far less between me and that good XCOM. Uh, you know we all know and love uh, that tactical action we crave. Um, and I think War of the Chosen does make smart additions, like I think they've successfully added a lot of flavor that gives that campaign some stakes and structure uh and just enough um of just enough context to make those individual battles stand out a little bit more. Uh, having heard you guys talk about it though, I do think that. Once I've beaten War of the Chosen, you know, once I've gone on that journey and uh, you know, killed all the chosen and 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 liberated humanity, I, I suspect that I suspect I will not be coming back to War of the Chosen a ton if long war is as good as you say, right? Like if it's if it's about engineering a lot more variety in terms of like the tactical chal- the tactical challenges you're facing and the tactical game you're even playing uh then boy does that sound relevant to my interests
2: yeah and and i i think it's i think it's great but like i I want to reiterate like a lot of the things that i brought up against and i don't want listeners to make sure that they hear this part a lot of the criticisms i i have of xcom 2 and war of the chosen are there in long war 2 right like a lot of the obfuscation you will play through your first game of long war and four hours later you will restart and then you'll get about another six hours in. You'll probably want to restart again. And it might take you two or three times through that loop. That's a problem. But what's there just appeals to me more. And so as a, like I'm willing to push through that in, in a, in a way that, that, uh, or more, I'm I'm more happy to push through that. I should, I should say. What's your uh, vacation
1: schedule for uh, waypoint like Rob? Because, the long is relevant.
0: The war is too, but this is. Uh, I've got very little vacation left uh, <laughs> at this point. Um, yeah, I like. I do not have the vast expanses of time. I suspect I will need to uh, to to tackle uh, War of the Chosen. Uh, well, hopefully no, actually...
1: there will be a
2: lull in game releases at some point in the next uh, five years, and uh, just just make it your work. Giant Bomb <laughs> is doing their XCOM. Enemy within playthrough. You just got. You guys just got to jump ahead, leapfrog them. Start with Long War,
0: undercut them, get that on Waypoint. It is probably a very good streaming game. That's you know that's a great idea. I will uh, I'll run it up the flagpole to Mister Walker, and uh, we will see we we will see if uh, if if the Long War becomes the the sort of meta structure of my entire time at Vice. Uh, you know, <laughs> years from now, we're still we're still working our way through. We're still trying to figure out how the how the strategic layer actually works. Uh, all right. Uh, so that will do it for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week with more strategy discussion. Uh, Three Moves the Ahead is produced as always by Michael Hermes and is hosted on the Adult Thumbs Network. You can learn more about the show and discuss this episode with our community at threemovesahead.net or follow us on Twitter at twittercom 3MA. Finally, Throbs Ahead is supported by listeners just like you on Patreon. You can learn more at patreoncom MA. Anyway, we'll be back next week with another episode of Moves Ahead. Until then, for David, Rowan, and myself, good night.